Hey Siri, find me a dope podcast for black insurance professionals. Connecting you to Sobel Live. Sober family, welcome to Sober Live, where industry and culture meet. I am T. Priester, co-founder of Sober and president of Noble. Hello, everyone. This is Shay Norman, co-founder of Sober and founder of The Bridge Financial Accountability Coaching Company. What's going on, TP? It's good. It's good. Hey, family, we're doing something new tonight. We are over here in these YouTube streets. We are Facebook for a week. We're testing it out over here. So... I can see some of y'all popping up, which means y'all have read the message on the wall. So we appreciate you following us over here. This may be something we start doing more often. We typically stream in both. But, you know, just trying something new. So we'll see how this plays out. Shay, how has your weekend been? I mean, we saw each other and talked to each other for most of it. But for the parts I was around, how's everything? It was really good. I must say I'm really enjoying our weather. Like is the weather so nice in Atlanta? Um, but it is scary too because I'm, you know, I'm thinking about global warming and just the change of the climate and everything. Like, it's not supposed to feel like this right now, but I'm enjoying it. Yeah, today was was eighty some, right? It's like it's like eighty two. You know what? It didn't feel like it. I think because it's because it's a little bit windy. It's been windy consistently. Um, so I don't, I don't really feel that, but, um, but it was good to hung out with family yesterday. And, um, of course hung out with you and, and Nicole, shout out to Nicole Simpson is always coming down to join us for black Friday and hung out for the weekend. So that was, that was pretty dope. I'm, I'm excited about tonight's, um, show. So how was your weekend? It was good. Um, today kind of felt like my, my weekend was busy. You know, obviously Friday, then Saturday. Like you said, we hung out with Nicole. Um, yesterday had some running around to do. So I was going to make today like my day off. You know, I, I usually take a day or two to ramp up before the week starts anyway. Um, but today I was like, you know, I'm not going to do anything. But, you know, I went to the gym and just my phone, my, my text, my email just was blowing up from, from Friday. You know, now right. people are getting back home, getting back to work. So, you know, had a lot of great conversations today, which kind of put me in work mode and motivated me to get some stuff in place to kind of take advantage of this, nice. this wave we're on right now. I mean, nice. we're going to talk about it tonight, but um, Sober Family, those of you who weren't able to be in the building, all I can say is y'all missed it. Y'all missed it, man. We had such an amazing time. I, I'm so excited. Now, I will say this. The shootings this weekend, you know, from Buffalo, um, where L.A., um, Milwaukee, and I can't think of one other spot, but I'm not even going to lie. That did have me down a little bit. But when I thought about what we got a chance to accomplish on Friday and the fact that we're following up about it today, 
that kind of helped pep me up a little bit because um just shout out to all the families that are experiencing something that nobody ever wants to experience and the communities you know yeah yeah absolutely and I, i'm i'm excited about tonight's guest because this is the the brains the the visionary behind what we experienced on on friday so you know i'm i'm really excited about you know tonight's conversation but like i said so with family you know if 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 you missed it 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 was it was dope i mean it was dope we got some more stuff coming up um that will definitely you know keep you guys in the loop with but you know that that was a great event had a great time met a lot of great people um had a great panel i know we have some of it recorded so we'll be able to share some of it with you right and um you know as soon as we get that that uh, content we'll we'll share it on the wall but you know, other than that, um, great weekend, great start to the week. I'm excited about a lot of stuff coming on. So coming up, excuse me. So let's go ahead and jump into um, industry news. Yeah, um, you know, our guest on this as, as always, Monday brings lots of news um, and not lots of articles. So I, I was looking and checking out Huffington Post. I saw an article that talked about how Democrats have little time to avert an election eve Obamacare. I call it ACA or Affordable Care Act, but of course, you know, everyone still wants to hang on to Obamacare, whether they're discussing it negatively or positively, but there is likely going to be a premium hike or there could be a premium hike. And so just to break it down, for those of you who don't know, most insurance agents, especially on the health side, understand that there are millions of people who are benefiting from a premium subsidy when it comes to the health insurance. Um, and that's through the marketplace or healthcare.gov. So whenever you hear someone talking about Obamacare or Affordable Care Act, it is basically describing the fact that folks are getting insurance with a major subsidy. And so pretty much if Congress doesn't act in the next few months, then there are going to be some huge increases and of course, the states that are going to be heaviest hit are the ones who really contested, you know, um, this whole move. So it's going to be something like a 53% premium hike if we're not able to have those subsidies. And that's going to be really, really tough for a lot of families. It's also going to be tough for a lot of insurance agents because they're going to be a wave of chargebacks. You know, many people are going to go uninsured. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so help me with this. The subsidies had to be applied for the coverage that kicked in in January, correct? Because I, I don't do healthcare, so correct. You you had open enrollment last year for healthcare. You filled out your application on Marketplace or with your agent. You qualified for the subsidies. They went into effect when your policy started in January. So I know after the open enrollment. You can't get health care, correct? Unless you no, have. I mean, yeah, if you've got a special election period, right. if you've got a special reason for you, you know, let's say uh, a new marriage, a new baby, um, a move, um, yeah. you lose credible coverage from an employer, things like that. But at the end of the day, no matter when an individual enrolled in it, I mean, it, it, most people enrolled and got health insurance from the exchange because of that subsidy. Right. So that's my question. Yeah. I know mm-hmm. if, if you're locked in, you can't change. So if I went with United Healthcare, I can't two months in say, no, I want Edna. You're locked in. So you're saying, even though we're locked in, 
if they take these subsidies away, they're not going to wait to this enrollment, excuse me, until this window's closed. They're going to do it now. No. So we got, so we've got a couple months and so it'll be December. Okay. I got they have until December, which okay. is in line, right? Because the open enrollment, I believe starts in January. If there's a health insurance agent, y'all know I'm, I'm in these Medicare streets. So under 65 health is not my thing. Um, but from what I know, if they're looking at the fact that Congress has until December, even if they take it away, it'll be right there in time for the open enrollment. I'm sure they're not going to leave people, you know, completely without coverage. So, but it's it's pretty bad. And of course, 33 states use healthcare.gov. Georgia is going to be one that's hit hard. Yeah. Um, amongst a few others. So, like I said, with inflation already being a fool, uh, that's not going to help. Yeah, Other than that, it's another health related topic. This came from Fast Company and the discussion in this article was basically how insurance being is one of the major barriers to abortion care in the U.S. and how that's intentional. So this article just just strive to make the point that, you know, when you think about it, you're hearing all the talk about Roe versus Wade and the fact that they're overturning that. Or it looks like they're going to overturn it, right? So you have certain states where abortion is illegal or illegal after a certain time, and you have folks in insurance plans that, you know, maybe they don't even really think about that. Nope. I don't know how many people really go into an insurance policy and are thinking about abortion care, right? Even childbearing, you know, age folks are probably not thinking about that. Amongst other things we don't think about when we get a policy, But anyway, when you think about, oh, my gosh, you know, I'll have to go to another state if I'm having a pregnancy that, let's say, the child won't be able to breathe on their own, you know, outside the body or the mom is, you know, at risk. And so if an abortion is in favor based on the doctor, based on the family and they have to leave state and they don't have any out of network coverage, you know, it's it's creating some issues and some questions. And so. Um, one of the things they talk about and they harp on is how people just don't understand their policies. And that stood out to me because I feel like a lot of times when agents are selling, you know, policies, maybe not educating as much as we should, we should look for ways in which to further educate people and make sure that they understand their policies. Now, will we pull out a point like this? Probably not, but I still thought, okay, that's, that's, that rang in my ear to say, Hey, let's try and make it easier for people to understand the coverage they have instead of trying to skate out the door, you know, and, and sell somebody a policy. So that's, that put, that's going to put a lot of people in tough positions as well. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And lastly, I'll just say this really, really quickly, more data breaches. You always just gotta, if you haven't gotten used to possible data breaches, do so. Um, the department of, I'm sorry, the Department of Insurance. <laughs> I got Department of Education on my mind. That's my own personal stuff going on. But the Department mm-hmm. of Insurance um, in Texas actually exposed personal information of more than 1.8 million Texans. And just like when I've gone through it before, now ours, when I went through it, it wasn't from the Department of Education. I can't remember who it was, but the article basically says, well, we're going to give you a year's worth of identity theft surveillance thank you very much and walk away so all i'm saying is we if we don't feel like that's a normal part of life yet it is 
So you yeah, got to find ways to protect yourself where you can. It's always frustrating how big companies, big government can get away with stuff that we can't. I mean, yeah. we know they can, but I mean, it's it's just in your face. Like, if if me, we have to protect our data, the data of our clients as, mm-hmm. as agents. So, you know, if I was to have a breach, there's all kinds of fines and penalties in place to punish me. Right. I can't just go to my clients, oh, well, you know, my bad. Here's a coupon. Some, you know, it, it's just crazy. I mean, anyway, I'm not even anyway. Yeah, it, it very, is what it is. Frustrating how they then it's just like a slap on the wrist to them, and we get penalized for everything and, right. and a lot heavier. So, right. But 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 to be honest, the point I guess in this too, of course, you know, get used to it. But at the same time, whatever you can do to protect to protect, excuse me, your data and your identity do it it is not a question anymore of if i should do it yes you you got to do it you got to do your part and then you know things like this happen we really don't have control over yeah and we we definitely going to have a conversation about that because we have some connections with some things that we're going to help that is going to help us as agents but also as individuals and making sure that we protect our data and identity is one of those so we'll be talking about that here sooner than later all right, well, that's, end of, that's, that's the end of it. Let's jump into this amazing conversation, this recap. Well, we got to add first. Remember, okay. Silver Family, there's opportunities for you to sponsor the podcast if you want to. Um, not only are we on YouTube and Facebook, remember, we're also on Apple and Spotify. So when you support the channel and you actually uh, sponsor us by running an ad, that thing runs for a minute. You know, it runs on all of our platforms. Anytime somebody watches YouTube, they will see your ad. So we have an ad this evening and we're doing something a little different. We're trying to step it up with technology. Um, This may go right, may go wrong. We're about to find out in a second. So here we go. Attempt number one. This week's sponsor is Mayweather Images. Mayweather's goal is to capture your every special moment. That special moment can be captured in studio, or at your location. Weddings, birthdays, conferences, and more, Mayweather has you covered. Follow Mayweather Images on Facebook and Instagram at Mayweather Images. Contact their office at 678-267-0045. Mayweather Images, serving Atlanta and surrounding areas. Mention Soba and get 10% off your next order. Now back to the Soba Life Podcast, the dopest podcast for black insurance professionals on the planet. Okay, that worked out. It did. That worked out. So let me just say this. The ad is supposed to do its job, but I got to give an extra shout out to to our brother over at Mayweather Images. This this brother came through and he was giving full photo shoots for people. People were bringing their families in there, having group photos. This man came and greeted you headshot. People like you, TP, right? You did that. You did a, you did a family photo, right? I, I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And my girls are in the photo. Y'all will see that coming up pretty soon. But I mean, he, he was great. Yes. I mean, he, he went above and beyond. We had a great time. Yeah. He even came out and shot some of the actual event, which he was not you know, asked to do. This brother was like, wherever I can help, I'm here. I love how we support each other as business owners and consumers. Again, 
changing the whole narrative of black people don't support each other. We family. That's like right. Like, brother stepped in and said, what can I do, big brother, help? And, I mean, he was everywhere, so I definitely appreciate it. So, Real Quick shout out to those of you who are camera shy. He is so smooth. His energy is great. It doesn't take him long to get what he needs from you. It's just really, really nice to work with. So for those that are a little shy, try him out. Absolutely. So let's go ahead and bring our guest in. Let me see. Let me bring her in studio. Ngozi, <laughs> you are on mute, my sister. Can you hear us? <laughs> Gozi is, is she's working somewhere. Million and one things. I wouldn't be surprised if she's on the phone, closing the deal or something. And Gozi, you you still on mute? I see your camera coming on. Uh, I think she froze. Well, let me just say this: the, the sister we have on tonight, you guys got to hear her about six months ago. Mm -hmm. um, she she did our first insider interview on Sober. Uh, Shay interviewed her. I was out. Uh, town at the time, but it was a great interview. This sister is the brains behind the event that we participated in on Friday. And we had, we, we've we been in the mix with Ngozi here, what do you say, about six months getting this event ready, Shay? It six. seems like that long. Maybe about, not, but it seems like it. About six months. And, you know, when she bought the vision to us, I have to be honest, you know, it was, it was so new. Mm-hmm of what she was trying to do. I didn't capture it. I didn't, I didn't understand it. We were going back and forth and, you know, Shane, I just said, you know what, we're going to rock with it. I mean, roll with it. Gonna figure it out. And, um, you know, based on Friday's results, I think we figured it out. I think we figured it out. We had a room full of agents. We had six carriers in the building. Mm -hmm. We had vendors in the building. I mean, it, it was definitely, I've been to the gathering spot a lot, you know, mm -hmm. and I'm typically there, you know, as a guest to somebody else's event. But shout out to the gathering spot as well. Absolutely. I mean, they, they, they again, went above and beyond, you know, to make sure we had everything. They were on top of everything. The food was delicious, even though I didn't get lamb chops. I'm sorry you did not get a lamb chop lollipop. It was amazing. That was one of the things I was going to shot and gozy out about. She made, she made sure... At least she and I got some. You, I don't know where you are, but you all go to the gathering spot in Atlanta. If you're not a member or if you don't frequent the spot, just go for a meal. You know, meet someone there. Um, just take it all in. The energy is wonderful. And like we said, the food was amazing um, in general. But what they did for us, everything was professional. Um, everything was above board um, from the beautiful screens yeah. to just the setup itself, to the buffet. Everything was amazing. So if you got an event coming up and you're looking for some space, Black-owned space, you're looking for some Black excellence, drop through the gathering spot. Yeah, and we're not affiliated. We're not getting nope. paid for this. Maybe we need to hit them up. We run an ads now. Maybe you're we right. need to have a conversation. You're so absolutely right. while we're waiting for Ngozi to get back on, let's, let's talk a little bit about the panel discussion. Mm-hmm. Um, panel discussion was dope. I, I love the people we had on there, different perspectives, people from different places, excuse me, um, different spaces, um, where they, as far as where they are in their career. But you came up with the topic for right. the panel. It looks like Ngozi's jumping back on, so I'll give her yeah. a second. I'll let you answer answer this before we bring Ngozi on real quick. But, but you came up with the topic 
and you know we we kind of you know threw it around between us a little bit. How do you feel after seeing how that was was what's the word I'm looking for? Played out how it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Played out. I mean, yeah. So yeah. when I thought about it over the weekend, I was really pleased because even if we didn't have a panel discussion, the event itself, putting on the event, us working with Ngozi, um, bringing the carriers in to support and to provide, you know, access and to have all those black agents in the room, that really was 21st century black solidarity and insurance. And of course that was the topic. So to further have these great minds and this great experience on the panel, to even go deeper into subsets of what that means was amazing. I mean, everyone was engaged. Um, we respected one another, didn't talk over each other. Even when there was differences of opinion, it was more so like hearing each other out, you know, and, and feeding off one another. So I, I really, we, we really hit the mark. That is what I wanted to see. But like I said, even without the panel, we displayed that period just with the event, you know, itself. So let me go ahead and get Ngozi in. Ngozi, how you doing? Woo! I'm saying StreamYard don't want me to be great today. <laughs> can't stop you. It can't stop. So, hey, I usually do, Shay or I, we usually do the intro. Right, and I, I, I'm going to intro. Well, no, I'm not. You, I was looking at your bio, and I've, I've known you. I don't even know how many months now. It's not, it's not been a year yet, but a while. So we talk a lot. Um, you know, I, I, I look at the stuff that you do. I'm part of a few of your other groups, but you do so much, right? And I don't want to do you injustice by just introducing you because you're so multifaceted. So let I'm gonna I'm gonna give you the mic. Uh -oh. Just let people know who you are and what you do. Now this can take up the whole show. <laughs> I just want you to kind of introduce yourself because I don't want to miss anything. Look, well, first let me say hello, Soba family. I am so glad to be with you this evening. I am one of you. You are one of me. Like I'm so, I'm feeling the vibe. I'm feeling the vibe. So thank you for having me this evening. I mean. We we spent a lot to, a lot of time together over the last few months, and so I, I appreciate the opportunity to be here on your podcast. But I mean, who am I? I'm just a black girl <laughs> with an African dad and a Creole mother, just trying to represent. And so that comes through in a variety of different ways, and all of it is interconnected. Um, my my number one priority is to leave a legacy and to show my children what they can be if they just try if they put effort, right? And so um, not only am I an insurance agent, um, I have 20, almost 21 uh, years in the insurance industry. I have two degrees in insurance, um, actuarial science, BS, and a, a master's in risk management. So I call myself an insurance nerd because you got to love the art firm form first, right? You got to love what insurance is first before you can kind of dive into these other aspects. And so I do love the technical component of insurance. Um, but, you know, being this this Black girl from, you know, Virginia, Charlottesville, Virginia, I was born at UVA. I mean, we, we go through our experiences, right? In, a, in an industry that denies us, doesn't want to see us, doesn't want to value us, right? And, and so through those experiences, 
um, you know, I've been able to just shine and just want to encourage other people to shine. And so bringing forth initiatives like Black Friday, like Black men of the insurance industry, Black women of the insurance industry, a thousand Black interns, HBCU Impact, the trilogy, are are all opportunities for Black people to kind of demand that they be recognized. And and I'm intentional by saying demand, right? Because, you know, if, if you know anything about insurance history, then you know the contributions that Black people have made to this industry. And so that cannot be denied, right? There wouldn't be insurance if they didn't put policies on our backs, right, as slaves, right? We are the reason why the insurance in its current form in the U.S. exists. Right. And so I'm very intentional about saying you demand to give us the credibility and the value that we're owed. Um, based on our contributions in this industry. So just trying to bring that forward. And I love collaborating with other organizations that are trying to do the same thing. So so thank you for having me. Thank you for collaborating with me. And let's, you know, let's take over this industry. That's what it's really all about. Right. Okay. One, one thing you didn't say, which I think is pretty dope. I got a lot of friends that uh, fell through FAMU. Some graduated, some didn't. <laughs> But in Atlanta, I, I went to Morris Brown, and I'm like, I feel like it's more people here that represent FAM than any of the HBCUs <laughs> in Atlanta. So I was like, you know, I know she has a good time when she comes to Atlanta. Got to be like yeah. home, right? What? Every time I'm in the airport, <laughs> I see a fellow alum, right? Where they rocking their swag. And then, you know what I mean? I love um, it. But no, definitely represent fam. And I got to give a shout out to Florida State. That's where I got my master's from. Okay. Right? Dope RMI program out there. But the HBCU first. Yeah. Yeah. I got you. So let me, can I, let me kick off a quick question. Um, your story on how you got into the industry is one of the most interesting ones that I've ever heard. So, you know, we always talk about how this is typically not discussed as a career path in the black home. Mm-hmm. And I, I remember hearing your story on how your father kind of pointed you in that direction. Mm-hmm. And it was like one of the dopest things I'd ever heard. So can you share with the audience how you got into the industry? Most I, I love that story. And the more I tell it, the more I just, you know, it, it, it is authentically how we should be sharing this industry with our kids. And our legacy and our and, and the generations to come. And so my dad's Nigerian. He's an immigrant, right? Came to the US. He had three daughters. And so if you know anything about historically African culture, right? Women, their role, their position in the family, what they were responsible for. And here he is coming into this westernized world where that role is a little different, right? And so he wanted us as three women, black women, to have purpose and, and be able to thrive in this world. And so he identified for each one of us, not before college, not even like, you know, junior year of high school, but like our freshman and sophomore years of high school, like this is what you're going to do and identified industries that that touched everything, that had sustainability, that he knew were going to be here forever and ever and ever. And so he picked for me insurance. And so that was a degree in actuarial science. He picked for my sister uh, healthcare. So she 
as in healthcare administration, helping um, African immigrants, um, AIDS patients. And then he picked engineering for my other sister, who's a chemical engineer and economist. And till this day, each one of us 20 years later are still in the very same industries that we started. And so, and, you know, that brother was intentional. He's like, I, I, I ain't cover. Look, I ain't supporting y'all. <laughs> yeah. Figure it out. No, I, I never heard. I mean, I've heard that in other cultures. I've heard that, in particular, in the Asian culture. But I, I never heard it to that degree where you know your dad picked that. And y'all are in it to this day. It wasn't like, okay, we just gonna do this till we get out of the house and then. I mean, y'all are in it, and not only are you in it, you're, you're successful. So not only was he intentional, I mean, he was definitely connected to something to pick what he did and you guys be as successful as you are in it to this day. So that's dope. Appreciate that. Appreciate Absolutely. that. Absolutely. So I'm dying to hear, and, and I'm sorry, you guys. You know, I, I did that interview, and I was amazed, and my eyes were big when she told this story last time. And again, I love hearing it, too. Because um, I think the more people hear it and the more you hear it, the more impactful it is. But I got to know, give us a rundown. What was your thoughts about Black Friday? <laughs> the way it turned out. And how many times did you think about it this weekend? <laughs> look, sis. Look, Shay, for real. Like, I mean, I ain't going to, well, I guess, I, I mean, we family. So I just tell all my people. <laughs> I let it all hang out. I mean, literally, there was moments throughout the weekend, throughout the day, where I was just, I was in the corner just doing a happy dance, right? Mm. Because, you know, it's its one thing when you, you speak about something, right? And you don't know how it's going to look. You don't know what it's going to manifest itself to be. It's just a vision, right? It's just like, this is what I want to see. Mm-hmm. And it was really about you know, one, you know, supporting kind of this, the concept that you brought to light around black, black solidarity, right? How can we just all come together as black Asians and do what we do? Um, but also, again, it's, it's about being seen. It's about being seen. And so, you know, I love my insurance companies, but a lot of the people I interact with don't look like me. Right. And I know the challenges and the barriers as black agents that we face day in and day out. And no longer did I want this this moment in time, right? Just to be a moment in time, right? That we could just capitalize on things because the unfortunate deaths of so many people over the last years, decades, you know, centuries, that now people were starting to be aware, whatever, and that we would just capitalize on it for a moment. I felt that, you know, in this moment, we needed to capitalize for a lifetime. So why don't we make moves and ask for accountability and commitments that we hadn't asked for before that could leave us in better positions as agents than before? And so it was really an opportunity for us to be like, look, you want to diversify your distribution channel? You want more of us? Well, guess what? Right, you're gonna have to give something in return, right? You're not gonna get all this melanin, all this educated, you know, experienced, you know, um, community-based, focused, um, you know, mindset from these agents and not give something in return. And so I just love the fact that, like, it it um, it was dope as hell. Excuse me, can I say that? It was dope. It was dope as hell. No, I'll say it again for you. It was. Yeah. It was. It was crazy, and it was. And, you know, 
just to watch the insurance company reps, right? In the beginning, right? So we had it broken out in two, in two kind of parts. But to watch the insurance company reps, when they stayed for the panel discussion, and I was watching this one guy, his mouth was open, like wide open, like, huh? Like not huh in a bad way, but he he's never been exposed to such a conversation and just was digesting. I mean, it was, he was just like overwhelmed. And I went up to him later. I was like, you okay? Like, how do you know? <laughs> like, pick it up, close yeah. it. And he was like, I'm gozy. Like, I don't, I don't even have words. I was like, marinate on that for a minute. I'll mm. call you in a week and we'll talk about it. Because that's what you need to understand about who we are as Black Asians. That's what you need to get, grasp and, and kind of not only just become aware of it, how does that fit into how you engage with us and how you provide and support us with resources and what are those equitable opportunities so now you've been now your eyes have been opened Mm -hmm. what you gonna do about it yeah no i I would say i I definitely agree a lot of times when you're putting together an event of that magnitude you're looking for it to be over like (laughs) and and you're like i'm ready to for this thing to be done so i can just take a deep breath Mm -hmm. We had to literally kick people out. Oh yeah. Like I mean, people were trying to stay, and and I was in that same. I mean, we we were just having a good time, and then they came around. I was like, hey, we got to clean up. We, we got something else to do. We shut we shut the gathering spot down. Yeah. You know? So you know, I, I really enjoyed it, and I think Ngozi, the interesting thing for me is, first, thank you for allowing Soul to be a part, right? Because initially when you shared your vision, there were parts of it I didn't get because I had never seen this done before. So you were like, yeah, we're going to get the insurance carriers to do this, this, and this. And I'm like, well, on the life side, it don't work like that. (laughs) It worked like, I'm going to make it work over here. And to see you pull it off. And, you know, to your point, the carriers weren't there just to hand out some cards and, and, and do, you know, some, some interviews, they were really engaged. And, you know, I had a conversation with a few of them, you know, after the, the panel discussion saying, we definitely have to do better. And we are so thankful because, you know, we don't let everybody in the cookout. We act that no, way. No, 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 right. You know, we said some things on that panel, you know, we had some, some curse words drop. We family when we get together, so we don't always let everybody in. But for them to for you for them to be there, and and to be impacted the way they did, kudos to you because I was a little like, mm, who who's going to be in the room? You sure you want to do that? And go because I can't control what may or may not happen that day. But it was dope, and I, I just want to hats off to you for pulling that off. I appreciate Absolutely. you. I appreciate y'all because, but that's the thing, yo, right? Like when we get in rooms, we got to code switch, right? Mm-hmm. We're always changing into other people, right? Fixing our hair different, wearing different clothes, right? Changing our voice and our, the way we talk, right? To fit fit the context of, of what the environment and the culture is like in that moment. And and to your point, TP, look, look, they came into our space. Right. Literally, like the building... Figuratively, the everything. Yes. Yeah. I agree. But let me say this again to your credit. There have been other people that have done similar things and still co switched mm-hmm. and still poured it on for 
the the, the people that they invited into their space. But right. I, I kind of moved based on what you shared with me, which was what you just said. This is our thing. Like, mm-hmm. I want y'all to be authentic to who Soba is. Mm-hmm. I, I don't need you pandering. I don't need you. I need you to be who you are. And again, I appreciate that because I've seen people say that before. And as soon as the lights came on, it was, uh, it, it wow. was business as usual. Right. You know what I'm saying? So this was definitely different. And you well, said, how did it feel, Jay? Because I know you were up there. You were talking, right? You were moderating. And I saw you look out into the crowd a couple of times to the back. I mean, I mean, well, the look, you know, the because as you all are speaking right now, I'm remembering that I kind of forgot about them being there, really. <laughs> um, because I told you all, like, in so many words where I come from, and I'm just being honest, I grew up in Atlanta from, from elementary all the way, like I said, shout out to Morris Brown, shout out, we got our accreditation back, thank God. But you know, all the way through, I've always been in black spaces, mm-hmm. even even socially. That's just who my parents. That's 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 just what my life has been. And so, being in insurance and discovering insurance the way that I did, I literally cried when I figured out what life insurance really does and can do generationally. Um, so, so I, it was like a clashing of two worlds in a sense. So from New York life to WFG to, you know, me doing my own thing to investments, I've always come from this space that is ours and, you know, kind of just knowing who we are and what our worth is. And a lot of times we don't get to, we don't get to elevate to that. We don't get to express it the way that we should. So Friday, I, I I feel like when we talk about black excellence, there's a certain air of I don't care who's in the room, right? Because not only do I know and we know we're excellent, you know it too. Now we're just bringing you to the party so you can kick it like we kick it real quick. You know what I'm saying? So I kind of forgot they were back there. What I loved about um, being up there and being on the panel, like I said, it was it was no BS. You know, it, it, we we respected one another and honored one another and pulled no punches. I mean, the bow tie guy kicked off a rap. You know what I'm saying? He gave us, right. and he didn't even know that he was gonna, he was going to be asked to do that. So we kicked it off from the jump in a very authentic way. And I just see this exploding. Um, just the comments that people gave about how it made them feel. You know, to be in that space and to network with so many people. Some people were there. They hadn't seen people in years. Um, and so just got to connect. But one of the things I'll say to to so many people who will watch this and who they don't know the premise of the day. So we met at the gathering spot. We had this event at the gathering spot. We opened the day with actual appointments where agents were able to sit with carrier reps. They had assigned times to sit with carrier reps. Some agents signed up with all the carriers. You know, um, I had a few of my uh, Medicare agents that when the light went off for me, when we were doing, when we were planning, the light went off and I called a couple of my agents say, hey, you got to come, especially the ones that I know what they're dealing with. They need to they need to pick up another license. They need to broaden their um, career, their offering. And they came. It was like, Shay, I sat with a property and casualty. And I'm talking about some people who are in their 50s even and been in insurance for a very long time and never thought to sit down 
with a carrier rep, never thought to get involved in what property and casualty was because they were so solid in on the life and health side. And they came to me like, I cannot believe I've been missing out all of these years. And so even though it was geared toward more property and casualty um, and property and casualty agents in, in the way I see it, right? Because that's what you're familiar with, property and casualty reps or carriers. You're familiar with that as an agent, PNC agent. So the crossover um, was amazing. And then we had one um, life and health. We had United Healthcare. And so you also had property and casualty agents who were not used to talking to a United Healthcare about Medicare of all things, you know, not even understanding that opportunity. So we did that in the beginning of the day. Then we had our lunch and then we had the um, the panel discussion and we had drinks and hors d'oeuvres. So the day was just, it was vibrant. I think we switched it up in a great way. I think the the agenda was awesome. Um, but yeah, I, I, I super enjoyed it. Like I, I, I had to pinch myself. Seriously. Oh, and let me say this too. Not only was it all these great things that we're talking about, I had one of our sober di directors, um, Will Thomas. Shout out to Will and the Kia. Will um, came by. He was like, "Look, this is nice. I had a great time, but just so y'all know, I did a deal right on the spot." So he said, like, "Yes, I didn't know he didn't tell you all that." So I'm glad I'm. Yes. He, he skated out. He was like, no, this was serious. <laughs> he was like, I came to get some cheese and I got it. I got the bag. Yes, he got the bag. So. Yeah. yeah, I know Will was excited about that. I know he was looking forward to it because there was a carrier. Again, PNC is different from my world. I, I, I know the, the life side. But um, there was a carrier he was trying to get in front of. And they, they just happened to be there. He set his appointment and sat down with them and was able to get it done. So, you know, that was dope. Yeah. That was and, that, and, and so kudos, I you know, to our carrier partners that were there, right? I mean, granted, that was kind of a, a big portion of the day. Um, but, you know, they came, they came ready, right? They came ready because, you know, I think part of it for them is that, you know, in the PNC world, when you're appointing agents, right? Everyone's talking about premium requirements and da da da, da and, and they're issuing, you know, trying to issue the same thing that to do for them and trying to, put, you know, kind of shove that down our throats as black agents, right? And not really appreciating that we do things a little differently, right? The way we operate, the way we move is a little different. But I kudos to them because when they came to the table, and there's a few of them, they had their computers out like, you want an appointment? Boom. You got an appointment with no premium requirements. It's like TV, no premium requirement. Like here it so, is. Let me, let me ask you to speak on that a little bit, because again, that's different on, on the, the life side. And I know there was two agents specifically that didn't have appointments, but I walked over to the carriers and that was their issue they had. They said, I would love to contract with you, but I can't meet those numbers. So talk about what you did to make that available to those agents. And we and we being real, right? <laughs> Just, <laughs> look, so so this is the thing, right? And in the, in the and I call this the era of George Floyd, right? We have a lot of insurance companies, a lot of employers in our space that have made commitments to do better, right? Around diversity. And so this was an opportunity to say, you know, put your money up or shut up, right? And so what does that look like for us? They want more Black agents, right? They want to appoint more Black agents so they can check the box, right? That they've diversified their distribution channel. 
but we're not giving this away for free. We know you want us. We know we're high in demand. So you're going to have to give us something in return. And that something is return. In return is reducing those premium requirements, giving us the resources like free CE, putting up money for us to start our own agencies or scale our own agencies, right? Putting us in front of leadership so we can tell our story putting us in front of your ERG so we can start developing products and services that meet the need of our clients, right? So that was the gift. That was a give and take. Like you can't come into this space because if you know anything about appointments, I think even on the life and health side and, and maybe with you, Shay, on, on, on benefits that, you know, finding a black agent is a little harder than people think, right? They think, you know, they go out there, they think they can, you know, oh, we're so-and-so, come all you to us. But you know what I mean? But they're nickel and diving us. They, they can't find us, right? Kind of like the talent story, right? Where are all the black agents? We can't find them. So the opportunity was for them was here we had, you know, 50 to 100 black agents in one room. When you ever going to get that? Right. When you ever going to get that? Never. And no one else is going to bring it to you but us. So with that being said, there's there's a value to that, Right. There's, and that value is those appointments, at, and I call it equitable opportunity, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Let's not equal opportunity, but we don't need the same premium requirements that you give them, but equitable so that we can thrive, survive, build our, and scale so that we can have legacy much like they have legacy. Right. So it's really about having a conversation with them and like, don't show up if you ain't got nothing to give. Like that's <laughs> Yeah, you can stay home. You can right. stay home. <laughs> No, and we had you had you know carrier reps that travel here from <clears throat> Boston. Um, yeah, someone. Yes, oh, um, where are you from? I'm sorry, I'm like Connecticut. We have Connecticut, people from you know? Ohio. I mean, yeah. like, both from our from Ohio. We have people come from all over. But what I think was even more valuable for them to see is the camaraderie that existed amongst us. Yeah. Right. So you know, yeah, they, they kind of got what they needed in the first portion of the day. But for those that stayed behind and were like, oh, we're going to stay for the entire day, they saw something they probably have never seen before in our industry, right? And I think that for them maybe spoke even more, you know, at least to their spirit, to their hearts, to, you know, their minds, right, than just meeting and setting up appointments, right? Because they got to see us do what we do, right? speak intelligently, right? Mm-hmm. Know our products, right? Like like mm-hmm. all the things that they, that they expect us not to, but we were in our element, right? We were talking about our community and the needs and and, the, and what we need to do for our community. So I thought that was extra special. It, it was. I wish I had a picture of the two of you. So y'all and Gozi had on her J's. <laughs> representing you know what i'm saying her brand you know has some um you know african representation in her jewelry tp had on some fly white kicks i mean you're right i agree with you so the first half of the day was very very impactful just being able to put agents in front of carriers but like you said for them to get the essence Mm -hmm. of who we are um, again, I have to say it in all of our excellence, I, I think that that, like you said, that impacted them in a few different ways. The conversations I had were, oh, my gosh, I wish my CEO was here. Oh, my gosh. How can I capture this and really explain what happened here? 
And I can't imagine, I, I, I have to imagine that they also had conversations with family and friends about their experience, because like you said, they won't get that anywhere else, except for if we bring them in the room and the planning that went into it, um, the troubleshooting. I mean, we had our times together, y'all, right? So, I mean, but we executed. Yeah. And and that's a big deal for, for people to see. And I can't wait until the next time that I'm in a room and I'm able to see that again. It was amazing. Yeah. And I was just going to add, I think one of the also the added benefits that everyone got to see is that I think oftentimes someone was telling me one of um, one of the carrier reps who was uh, you know, one of us, um, she was like, you know, it's interesting because oftentimes in our industry, right, there's multiple different trade organizations that represent agents, right? You have the big I, at least on the PNC side, you have the big I, you have PIAA, I mean, PIA, excuse me. So there's multiple, right? And I think what they think about us, right, the Black insurance professionals, Black agents, that we can only have one organization that represents us. Mm. But we were able to show them, right, that not only do you have, you know, organizations like mine, but you have SOBA, you have you know, AAIP, you have all these different organizations coming together and represent, representing different facets of that agency or that distribution channel. But we can work together, right? Like, you can make this happen. Like, we don't have to be the, the, uh, divisive and we don't have to kind of, you know, show out and, you know, and put our stake in the, in the, in the ground, but we can work together to bring purpose and value to a community of professionals that are being not being served. And so I think they got to see that, like, because I think a number of them never heard of SOBA before they came to the event, right? And now they're like, oh, uh, can we, are they taking sponsorships? I was like, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah they take a sponsorship. <laughs> like, they're not going to turn away your money. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I love, y'all both touched on this, the level of excellence that was provided. You know, I, I was talking to an agent that came to the event and we were kind of joking around. Sometimes we can be a little extra when we get together. You know, he was saying, you know, I remember, you know, when I was when I was younger and before we had company, you know, my mom used to always make sure the house was in order, right? You gotta clean up the house. Five minutes before somebody show up, everybody scrambling to get the house clean. But it was like what I appreciated is the people that were in that room, the agents, the agency owners, our panel, like there was no need to clean anything up because we're doing some dope stuff. It's just not getting enough recognition sometimes. Mm -hmm. And and I love just to be able to showcase what we are doing as a community. I mean, our panel, uh, we have Royce Richardson as one of the biggest, you know, agencies here in Atlanta. Um, Alistair Edwards, you know, they said King of Legal Shield. Mm -hmm. um, Corey Beer, one of the top recruiters in the industry. Um, Nicole uh, flew in from Ohio, has a huge agency and is doing all kinds of stuff over there. We had Raphael. I forgot Raphael's last name during the panel. I had to apologize like three times. Raphael Baker, who's running for insurance commissioner here in the state of Georgia. We had Daryl Perry, um, who has a, a, another huge agency here in Atlanta. He kicked it off with a rap. I mean, just the the level of excellence that these people operate under and for us to be able to showcase that. I think it was it was dope. I was really excited and happy that we were able to do that. 
Yeah. And the fact that the agents got to experience all of this, even ending up with a nice happy hour, with a nice happy hour. And they didn't come out of pocket at all. Yeah. Because them lamb chops were... I didn't get a lamb chop for y'all. You ain't get a lamb chop, TB. Look, I didn't get a lamb chop. Look, I didn't get, I didn't get chicken and waffle. I didn't even get a drink. He was back there doing a photo shoot. It goes, it's all good. He got his photo shoot on. It's all good. I didn't. I, 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 I didn't even get a drink. I was going home like, why am I hungry? I was all day. I was sipping on the same cup of Starbucks for like three hours. But you know what? That's how. I was having such a good time. It was good. But it you put good. in a lot of work, you know what I'm saying, um, too. So, you know, that's that's not... I know I'm joking with you about the photo shoot, but definitely taking care of the vendors, um, making sure things were flowing right. Um, you were you were pretty busy, so... Next you'll, time, you'll get those leg chop next time. Yeah, we'll get him, put him some <laughs> to the side. I was on my way home driving, like, where can I stop and get a lamp chop? <laughs> Nowhere. No. Nowhere. Oh, boy. So, well, Go ahead, go ahead, Ngozi. I, well, this, oh, Shay, I, I just wanted to ask Ngozi, like, for everything that we've shared about you, everything we've shared about this amazing, amazing initiative that you started, it doesn't stop here. Is there anything that you can tell the people about what's next? Even if it's HBCU impacting the, the many things that you're doing, what can they expect next from you? Well, one thing... Um, Oh, geez, a couple of things. So one thing is that um, if anyone has been following ACO Insurance Consulting, we did in February, at the end of February, Black Women of the Insurance Industry uh, Sisterhood Conference was, was dope. We had 150 Black women virtually. I mean, same thing. Like, we 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 went in. We went in <laughs> on that conference. Um, and, and, and we're not stopping there. So we're going to have Crown Conversations coming up. So we're going to go live on LinkedIn and we're going to talk. I mean, we're going to talk about the stuff that, you know, we don't get the chance to talk about right in our professional spaces. Right. You know, one of our one of our first topics will be talking about old school versus new school. Right. You know, the old uh, generation of black women insurance professionals who, you know, and I, it's interesting. I just experienced this for Black Friday. I had one lady, you know, call me out. She's like, why are you wearing J's to this professional event? Right. Mm. And so I was like, because that's my brand. That's just what I do. And it matched my logo. <laughs> but you know what it means? Like that that transition from old school to new school. So we'll talk a little bit about that. You know, those who might still be a little um, uncomfortable around the Crown Act and, and being natural, right, in, in professional spaces. So again, bringing that to the people, having our sisters speak about those topics that are important to us in the industry. But... You know, if, if my friends here at Soba are up for it, I'm saying we can't wait till October for the next Black Friday. I'm just saying. Right. 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 We have mm -hmm. to bring that live and in color a little sooner than we expected. At least that's what I'm, I'm hearing from the feedback <laughs> I'm getting. They can't wait till October. I'm serious. October feels like a world away. I'm not even going to lie. <laughs> So, so hopefully we can we can make that happen. We can talk about that. But those are the two things on deck that we got going on. Oh, and oh, I'm sorry. If I can just mention one more thing. We got Black Men of the Insurance Industry, the relaunch. Mm -hmm. So if you know Father's Day is on the 19th, but the day before that is Juneteenth. Mm -hmm. So that Friday, we're going to do a, a relaunch of the Black Men of the Insurance Industry. So look out for something dope coming up in the next couple of days. Nice. So let, nice. Me, let me ask you one thing. There's, there's something you do that I'm very interested in, and that's your HBCU impact. We always have conversation on how to get young black 
people into the industry. Talk about that real quick. So HBCU Impact is bringing awareness to black and brown students or you know black and brown students on HBCU campuses. And so we do that in a variety of different ways. But that awareness is, is we approach it very different. We tell recruiters, like, you can't just go on an HBCU campus, do what you do at PWIs and expect the same outcome, right? You, you know, you got to know that Fried Chicken Wednesday is a thing across all HBCUs. Right. You're trying to recruit on Fried Chicken Wednesday, you ain't going to get nobody, right? Just culturally, that's what we do. But also recognizing representation matters, right? We hold these employers accountable. Like you just can't come on campus, pimp our students, and then think that you can just put them in your in your offices and not take care of them, right? So we we call ourselves the aunties, right? Because we shepherd these students. We're kind of the the, the elders, shepherd them into the insurance industry, but watch them. We mold them. We we're there when they need money. We we're there when they need guidance, right? And so we want to make sure that that they uh, have successful careers in our industry. So it's, it's one thing to bring them into our industry, but the real goal is keeping them in our industry. And yeah. so that's what really HBCU Impact is all about. And at the end of this summer, we are having our HBCU incubator um, where we're licensing HBCU students. They get to be a part of this program free of charge. So they can come out as an insurance agent or an insurance adjuster. You not only have your degree, but you also have a license when you come out of college. How dope is that? That's amazing. That. You know, However, we can be a part, please let us know how we can support, especially, I don't know what schools you're involved in. Yeah, I don't know what schools you're involved in here in Atlanta, but let us know. And we got a you know a few connections. We talked about one, uh, but we had to get uh, past Black Friday. But let me just say this. I always tell people if I had found out, if I understood what insurance could do for my life as a young college student, going to class, busting my tail, going to work with some random, you know, if I had known that, what a difference it would have made for my life. So I absolutely appreciate, um, I appreciate that initiative, like seriously. Well, and, and yeah, we thought, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, our thought is that, you know, we always have to do more than they do to get to the same, get the same thing, right? Yeah. So if we're if we're empowering our students to have licenses before they can even get out of college, right? They're already starting in an industry that we know is is going to be lucrative for them, and they're already kind of in a space where they're they're doing the work. So when they get presented to these employers, they're going to be like, "I already know how to be an adjuster. I just did it for two years, so I got my license." You know, when I was nineteen, right? Right. <laughs> Yeah. Right. And then, you know, so they can demand more in salary. They can demand more in, in, in responsibilities. And we're hoping that matriculation happens a lot quicker. The rate of matriculation happens a lot quicker because they've been exposed earlier. Right. Shay, are we doing speed round tonight when it goes in? Uh-oh. Man, I completely forgot about real talk. Uh, you you want to kick it in there? Come on, let's do it. We do this segment called Real Talk, and it really is supposed to be a speed round. So I'm going to ask you some questions, Uh-oh. and I want you to just give us the first thing that comes to mind. All right? It's not hard. It's not hard. Okay. So tell the people, what is your favorite food? Oh, chitlins and curry goat. Wow. I did not expect that. <laughs> And then she put her hand in her mouth like she's serious about it. Okay. Um, what is your favorite thing to do to wind down? 
sip aged rum. Mm. And I'll leave it at that. Okay, <laughs> leave it at that. Leave it at that. Neat. Um, all right. What's something interesting about yourself that people probably wouldn't even know? Um, so I am a personal trainer. I'm really big into fitness and I love hot yoga. So I, mm. I sit in a room for an hour and a half at 105 degrees and do 26 mm. poses. Nice. Wow. Now that's that's pretty dope. That's pretty dope. How do you describe your blackness? Black. Black. <laughs> I, I, I always love to hear what people have to say. I think that's the best one so far. Raphael got it last time. I'm sorry, Raphael. She got you. And lastly, why was it important for you to come join us on Soba's podcast? It's that solidarity. Mm-hmm. We got to show a united front. And love the me. more means, you know, the more we collaborate, the more we can get. Yep. Well, awesome. That was a that was a dope speed round. All right, what, what complete sister looking like? What's next? No, that's it. <laughs> now I really I'm getting better at this because originally when we first started, people were taking like two minutes. It's like no, it's a speed round. You got to <laughs> spit it out. We don't want you going. It was just taking too long. So you and Raphael have played it very well. Uh, hopefully, people will catch on now, so we can make it a speed round. No. Well, let me just say this. If I can if I can close it out or, or do yes. this, my last thoughts. Look, I appreciate y'all. I appreciate Soba because I think it's it's one thing to have an association or group, right? That's that's targeted on bringing black insurance professionals together. But Soba is so much more than that. It's not only about bringing black insurance professionals together, but it's about educating them and supporting them and giving them the tools that they need to thrive and survive. So I think that I commend you guys for the efforts that you put into place to do just that. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That means a lot coming from you for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, hey, Ngozi, we thank you so much for joining us this evening. I mean, you're more than just you know, a member of Sober, you've actually become a, a personal friend. And, you know, I, I speak for myself. I enjoy working with you. Uh, I enjoyed you on the podcast tonight and really look forward to, you know, continuing to build with you as we move forward. Oh, look like we got one comment. Okay. We do. <laughs> Tamika Walker said, thank you all so much. All right. So we do have some people over here. a nice money green heart. On we, we appreciate you too, sis. So it goes. Thank you again so much, Shay. Anything you need to say or want to say? Yeah. To so um, I did want to. I did want to close us out by saying something that um, Alistair Edwards said on the panel when we talked about best practices and how you actually cultivate black excellence in your agency and in your space. One of the things that he said is he is all about always celebrating the wins, even the small ones. And when I was looking for a quote on it, I found when they said Oprah said this, but I'm not sure who said it. All I know is it was good. She said, the more you celebrate your life, the more there is in life to celebrate. So I just encourage us. And tonight, because we literally were coming back to celebrate Black Friday again, and we're going to do it over and over again until we do it the next time. But, you know, it's like you you never know what's coming, good or bad. And so don't don't count things as small if they bring you joy, if they make you feel accomplished, if they affect, if they positively affect, you know, someone you love or care about. If it makes you smile, 
celebrate that because that literally is your life. That's you creating that kind of positivity in your life. And so I appreciate his words and again, everyone on the panel. But yeah, y'all just celebrate everything. Like I say, you never know what's coming. Absolutely. And a sober family, we're going to end like we used to. I don't know mm. why we got rid of or got away from our African proverb, but tonight we're right. going to pick that up again. And the proverb that we always share says, if you want to go fast, go alone. But if you want to go far, go together. And we choose to go far. Sober, thank you again for joining us. Another dope podcast. We will catch you all next week. We are sober.